Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Well, I hope your Monday is off to a good start here. Thanks for joining me for this hour of the inner life. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond. And as you're starting off the work week, what was the first job that you ever had? I, I mean, more than just occasional babysitting or mowing lawns as a teenager. You know, I, I did those kind of jobs too. But I'm thinking about the first job you had where you had to worry about taxes and all the other withholdings that came out of your paycheck. Many of us, we end up starting to, to, to do something for that first job, maybe at a grocery store or some other retail store. A lot of us end up working in the food industry, the food service sector, some sort of restaurant, whether that's a full-service restaurant or fast food. My son, Elijah, he just got his first real job this summer, and he's been wiping down cars at a full-service car wash. Uh, he's one of the, the members of the crew wiping everything inside and out for different vehicles that come through. Uh, he also gets to now, <laughs> in his teen years, see which car appeals to him the most as he's thinking, oh, I'm saving up this money. Is there a vehicle I want to get? Um, it's the kind of job, though, where the majority of his earnings come from tips given by the customers after he's done with the cleaning, the detailing for their cars. And it's also the kind of job where they really live out that old phrase of you got to make hay while the sun shines because if it's raining, no cars come through. They a lot of times end up closing up the car wash for the day. But when the sun is out, when the weather's nice, there will be a line of vehicles waiting to go through. It's just nonstop, especially on the weekends. And it's been fun to see how Elijah does at this job and he's doing he's doing very well uh but also to just see him kind of come to that realization of how exhausting it can be doing that manual kind of work and this isn't you know hard manual labor but it's just one car after the other he's on his feet all day and it's the the it's also nice to see in this kind of job where Elijah's done he gets home he doesn't have to worry about any work that carries over into the time where he's at home. You know, he can't, it's not one of those where you can take work home with you. But is that maybe a problem you have in your life where it's difficult to leave work at the office, to separate work from your time at home? And I, I think that actually became even more difficult after those early months when COVID hit, because so many of us, I mean, uh, people in all different kinds of situations, but there were a number of us where we had to transition to working remotely from home, at least for a while. If your experience was similar to mine, I found myself actually working more hours at home 
in those first couple of months during the stay-at-home orders at the beginning of the pandemic, since I didn't have that office to drive to and then the ability to drive home, to leave, to go home at the end of the day, since I just was now walking down the hall to our home office, I was running into this problem of not being able to keep my working hours separated out from the hours that I normally devoted to home and family life. So once I realized this is now kind of a continuing pattern here in those first weeks, I had to be very deliberate about walking away from my computer at a set time each day, not continuing to work, not answering another email just because, well, I'm kind of already checking on things. Nope, had to turn it off. If you're still working from home, if that's kind of transitioned into the new normal for you, or maybe you always worked from home, even prior to the pandemic, how have you been able to find that balance for work and for home life, to be able to manage that separation? Because if you don't find that balance, it can lead to unhealthy habits. As humans, we're not intended to always be working. We need time for rest, for relaxation. That separation, that balance is so important in so many areas of life. But then in other areas of life, it's important not to necessarily have separation, not, not to have you know, areas where we compartmentalize. And of course, this is especially true when it comes to our faith. Today, it's the memorial of St. Benedict, and he had that famous motto of pray and work, ora et labora, that's the Latin, where it invites us to incorporate our faith into the work that we do throughout the day. But do you find yourself maybe keeping that separation between your faith and your work? Do you keep prayer relegated to just Sundays or maybe a specific window during the day, but you don't want it to kind of seep into your workday. Well, looking at the example of St. Benedict today, we want to spend this hour of the inner life talking about how we can make our work holy, how we can offer it to God for the building up of his kingdom. And joining us is our spiritual director, Father Tom Wilson, is here with us today. He's a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis. He's the pastor of All Saints Catholic Church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Father Wilson, welcome back to The Inner Life. Glad to talk to you today. Thanks, Josh. It's good to be back again. Well, so St. Benedict, um, he's one of those saints that we know probably I think for most of us, we associate with the order of St. Benedict, you know, different priests and monks. Um, but he's somebody who actually, <laughs> he was there in the fairly early centuries of the church, of our history um, as Catholics. Can you tell us a little about his life, why he is such an important figure in the church? Yeah, St. Benedict is, uh, he's, he's one of the giants of, of church history, and uh, to be very honest, world history as, as well, uh, Josh. He was, uh, he's most known, as you mentioned, as the, as the founder, if you will, of the, of the Benedictine communities and their, their offshoots in the Cistercians and the, uh, and the Trappists and the various men's and women's communities in, uh, in, uh, in in all of those different uh, religious orders, uh, and his his history is is interesting because, and I think it's interesting to be very honest um, uh, for us in our time because I I think that 
the the culture, the society, uh, sometimes even the even the life of the church is quite similar to uh, when when Benedict um, got the vision from God for uh, a, a different kind of living out of. Of, of the Christian life, of, of a life in following the gospel. And he was in an environment in the, in, in the Roman Empire where uh, the world and society as everybody knew it was, uh, was crashing, lots of people sort of going off in different directions on, on their own, uh, even in, within the life of the church, uh, probably a little bit too much worldly influence on, on the day-to-day life of the church. And so, so Benedict decided to uh, to step away from uh, what would have been a pretty privileged lifestyle of of his own, and and begin uh, his his own community of, uh, in some ways, idealized uh, life in, in in Christ in a in a community in a community life, and in in many ways um, he his. Ideas, his simple rule of Saint Benedict, uh, his decision to uh, bring like-minded and faithful disciples in Christ to, together to, uh, to to live in community, uh, really altered Western civilization, preserved the life of the church, preserved um, uh, community life in the church, while uh, the the environment around was was really caving in, and so so Benedict does. Benedict provides us this this vision of uh, living out a life of discipleship in uh, in community with with each other uh, that is rooted in obedience and 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 humility, uh, always looking out for the for the well being of of the other, and it gives us a vision of uh, particularly in community life of living a life for Christ uh in Christ and 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 with each other even in a world that doesn't get it that doesn't that doesn't understand um uh what it means to be a a, a disciple in Christ and and at times frankly can be uh can be hostile in it and uh Benedict ended his, ended his life at, at Monte Cassino it's um south of south of Rome and it's a uh, it's a wonderful place to, and peaceful place to uh, to visit if you're if you're ever on pilgrimage in uh, in in Italy. So we're grateful to to Benedict for what he's done, obviously for the life of the church, but but really also what he's done for for the life of the world in uh, establishing a, a very very simple rule. Um, uh, I couldn't find my copy, unfortunately, of the Rule of Saint Benedict, but uh, it's it's probably about maybe 60 pages long. It's very very thin, very simple, um, about deferring to each other, uh, being humble, um, and praying and working. Our topic for the day. Well, and you you talked about a couple of aspects of how Saint Benedict wanted to grow in service and in love of Christ. One of those is in community and also through obedience. My understanding is, though, that he started out not wanting to be in any sort of religious community. He kind of wanted to be a religious hermit. 
just off on his own, not having anything to do with anyone um, because of all the things that he saw in the world around him, you know, all the things that were, were all these problems that he saw in the world. Um, why is it important? I, I know there's, you know, we obviously have different communities that are cloistered. They kind of pull away from the world so that they can focus interiorly in their community. But why is it important not to necessarily be that religious hermit, not to isolate yourself, but how does community help us to live a holier life? Yeah, that's a very good question, Josh. And I think that um, probably the, 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 the question that Benedict would have um, struggled with is the same question that any any person of faith I think at times is going to is going to deal with in terms of the frustrations of uh, living in a world that doesn't understand Christ uh, that may uh, be be hostile to to his, to the life that he calls us to and and there is always a temptation there is always temptation Josh on to towards all of us I think to to want to just sort of completely and totally back off, and I'm going to do this on my own, uh, so that I don't have to. I don't have to deal with the with, with the world uh, around me. But the truth is that um, all in in the, in the history of God's revelation to His people, uh, it is it is very very clear that the life that God calls us to. Uh, to live is one of of community within families within within our our geographic communities, all those sorts of things uh, because living the life alone is impossible and and even if we examine the 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 notion of what being a hermit is hermits don't eat Hermits may live a more isolated life than most people, but they're still attached to a community. They don't just go off and uh, and and do it on their own. They're they're still connected with a life of community and a uh, a place to pray and people to pray with. Um, God created us as a family, and God. God gave us the gift of Jesus Christ and the church that he came to establish as as mechanisms for uh keeping that family together and um so that we can teach each other how to uh, how, how to live the life that he's called us to do by and so we do it by example uh we want to do it by example we also want to learn from uh from from others who are uh doing it faithfully as well. Today, our spiritual director here on The Inner Life is Father Tom Wilson. He's a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis. And we're looking at the life of St. Benedict. It's the memorial of St. Benedict today. And how we can learn from his example, uh, especially from that motto that he had that he has passed on to us here, oh, 1,500 years later about, of Ora et Labora, pray and work. And what have you done to incorporate prayer to pray without ceasing in the work that you do day in and day out. Um, what have you done in your life to offer your work for the glory of God? And how has God blessed you because of offering your work, whatever it is, for his glory? Uh, maybe it's a situation where you're in a uh, not ideal working uh, situation or uh, there's some difficulty maybe with your supervisor, 
Maybe the workplace is hostile to the faith and you're not sure how you can kind of bring that in, incorporate it into your working day, and you'd like to speak with Father Tom Wilson, you can call us here at 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149 is our phone number to call into the studio. Uh, Father, that motto, Ora et Labora, how do you think we should understand this uh, especially for the majority of us where we're going to be lay people. You know, we're not necessarily called to be part of some sort of religious community. You talked about, you know, we are a family that's we're supposed to be understood that we live in community as brothers and sisters in Christ, as children of God. But how can we look at that idea of prayer and work and take what St. Benedict is saying and apply it in uh, a family life, you know, as a, a mother or a father, or maybe a son or a daughter. Yeah, it's a, again, it's a very good question, Josh. I I think that um, the aura at labora theme that that Benedict uses is it's really an invitation to all of us to uh, avoid the temptation of of disconnecting what we would consider. Uh, our our normal everyday life with our with our spiritual life and uh, heaven knows I think probably most of us have experienced that uh, whether it's uh, whether it's within ourselves or uh, communities or families where uh, we do have this habit I think of 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 unfortunately uh, relegating our spiritual life to Sunday and maybe um, individual times of prayer. And, and not linking it closely enough to the things that we do in our in our everyday lives in in terms of our service to others, whether it's in a job in a workplace or um, as as mothers and fathers and, and, and brothers and sisters in, uh, in in family life and the the whole idea of of prayer and work um, invites us to uh, to make that very very direct link between our spiritual life and the 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 day-to-day life and tasks that we've been called to in our uh in our particular vocation and and sometimes that can be hard to see um you know I uh, I'm very honest in I was vocation director of my diocese for uh 7 years a long time ago now uh but I would occasionally get I would occasionally get phone calls from uh men interested in uh perhaps priesthood or 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 diaconate uh and and oftentimes it was it, that that initial uh contact with me was being driven by uh they're not satisfied in their job they don't think they're doing anything for god in their uh in in whatever they're doing every day now and and I'd have to explain to them it's like you know nope every Every job that God calls us to do is going to be doing something for Him. It's going to be serving the community. It's going to uh, provide something of, of, of value to uh, the people around us, and we need to uh, we need to believe that and, and trust in that. And then that allows us to to give everything we have uh, to. To, to the daily life and the daily details that we're uh, that we're called to do, and um, some of them become habitual. Some of them uh, may may feel uh, mundane, uh, but they're all necessary. They're necessary in, in family life. I just can only imagine the, all the 
all the daily work that goes into running a household and taking care of small children, especially. Um, uh, I suppose it's not exciting a lot of the times, uh, but it is absolutely essential for um, not only that family, but for the for the world around them uh, to have well cared for and well formed children to 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 go out into the world and to uh, to serve it and help make make the world a better place. Yeah, part of you know as you're talking about getting those calls or you know people reaching out to you thinking that they're not satisfied in what they're doing that that really speaks to contentment as well you know that this idea that things will be better only if i get to this point or only if i have this in my life rather than and and i think that can be kind of a trick of satan where it's always looking to something else rather than looking to what's here in front of us. What has God given me here today, right now, that I can do? And how can I do that to the best of my ability? And not get obsessed with the what-ifs of the future or what could happen if I was in this situation or in this place. And the more that we can be in the present moment, the more that we can do for God. And we'll probably find that more fulfilling in the long run, if we aren't so focused on the future, but we really are just in the present moment saying, I'm going to do whatever you're asking me right here and now, God, for your glory. Yeah, living in the moment for God is what we're all called to do, and uh, recognizing in humility, I think, that whatever it is that God calls me to do right now is very important and the most important thing right now. And again, you know, we, we, we get we get locked in on our egos. We have a world that, that 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 tells us that, you know, some things are very, very important and other things are are unimportant and 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 that's not the that's not the voice of God. That is not the voice of God. And you know, just um you know, we made reference to uh pandemic and, and work habits during the pandemic and you know, as I'm, as I was uh, prepping for today, I could it. It came up multiple times in in prayer that you know over the pandemic, um, the the terminology of uh, of of governments and things like that. You know, making restrictions of of who, what, and where you can do, and um, and and those sorts of things declared some some jobs essential and other jobs not essential. And and I just and even then I thought, you know, that this is just not a good way. This is not a good way to describe this and, you know, whether we agree with the public policy things associated with that to to sort of announce that certain people and the things that they do are not essential uh is is uh, is really it's kind of dehumanizing and it certainly isn't uh, it certainly isn't uh, what God intends. Um, God, God call, what God calls us to do is essential. It's essential for our little community. It's essential for uh, the, the the world that we uh, that, that we live in now. And and so um, it's important to to maintain that humility and that belief and that trust in God that what he's asking me to do right now, whether the world recognizes it as important or not, is very important. 
Father Tom Wilson is our spiritual director here on The Inner Life, and we're talking about how we can bring our faith into the workplace. Today is the memorial of St. Benedict, and that famous motto of his, Ora et Labora, prayer and work, how we can make our lives a prayer, how we can bring glory to God in the work that we do, and how have you done that in your daily work? Has having that attitude of doing your work for God, has that helped to make your work easier or more enjoyable, especially maybe if you're in an environment that's a bit hostile to the faith, doesn't want you to say anything about what you believe as a Catholic, as a Christian. You can call in and join us here, 888-914-9149. That's the phone number to call into the studio, 888-914-9149. Our email address is innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. We'll continue our conversation in just a moment here. You're listening to Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We receive over a million prayer requests every year, thanks in part to the Catholic Order of Foresters studio line, helping us stay connected to your intentions. Learn how our sponsor can support your family with life insurance at relevantradio.com slash forester, an Illinois life insurance society not available in all states. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, joined by Father Tom Wilson, a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis. He's the pastor of All Saints Catholic Church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Today on this Memorial of St. Benedict, we're looking at his example of prayer and work, that simple uh, rule for life, and how we can understand that, how we can incorporate that into our lives and how have you been able to do that, to make your day a constant prayer, uh, offering your work to God? And how has that helped you uh, maybe embrace your work in a way that you hadn't before? And how has God blessed you because of your approach of wanting to say, God, I'm, I'm offering the work I do here today for your glory? Maybe you have a question you'd like to ask Father Tom Wilson. Maybe it's a difficulty for you. You're, you're not sure how to incorporate your faith into your work life, um, especially if you work in an area that might not be as friendly to the faith. 888-914-9149 is the line to call into the studio here. 888-914-9149. Uh, Father, with that motto of prayer and work, ora et labora, uh, you know, one of the other things that I think is really just, uh, it might even kind of rush past us and we might not give it much consideration, but I'm sure it's no accident that prayer is the first word. You know, it's not work and then prayer. It's prayer first and then work to help us keep our priorities straight. Uh, yeah, no, no, absolutely. That's a, that's a, a perfect way to describe it. Uh, you know, part of Benedict's vision of, of Aura at Labora obviously brought together a community of, of people to, uh, to, to pray together, uh, but without that um, without that connection to, to to the world and to and to work, it's uh, it's very very easy uh, to uh, in in the spiritual life to get caught into 
you know, kind of heady spiritual things. Um, and it's the, it's, it's the, um, prayer gives, prayer gives energy to our work. Um, the, the, the work keeps us, uh, keeps us grounded to, uh, to stay more connected with, uh, uh, with God. And so, um, absolutely, uh, Prayer, prayer is first, and prayer leads into the work, but then the work begins to feed the prayer. So, you know, there, as we start looking at ways that we can live this out in our lives, there's this attitude that I think is very common in our culture, that if we can get out of work somehow, if we can make money, if we can pay our bills and live comfortably while essentially being kind of on vacation all the time, that's the ideal. That's that's success. You've really made it if you can get to that point. But all of us, human beings, men and women, we're actually created for work. And I remember reading statistics about how people who work longer, if they for more years, if they work into their seventies, even into their eighties, they on average will actually live longer lives than people who retire early. If they retire in their forties or fifties, um, people who retire early have a shorter life expectancy working you know every day it gives us purpose god didn't just create us to go out and you know play golf and drink lemonade every day we 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 need work to do uh yeah that's a uh, and just from the catechism um and we're reminded uh in in the throughout the life of the church as well that uh work is for man not not man for work that work is is actually a gift from god to us to be able to uh participate and co-create with uh with god uh as it were and as well as uh, an opportunity to contribute to uh, the the community, and um, I think the attitude of uh, and I, I remember uh, back in the day, uh, young work peers of mine uh, had a goal of becoming trust fund beneficiaries, where they essentially they could get money without doing any work, and that's uh, that that's not what God calls any of us to, and. Uh, and, and that attitude, I think, comes from uh, attaching our work simply to the material things that it can buy. That that work is a means to an end of, of getting stuff, making a living, whatever, and and it fails to appreciate the uh, the goodness in work itself, uh, just simply on its on its own. And, and I think that particularly in, uh, in, in family life, Josh, that, um, that, that teaching and forming of, of kids that, um, you know, work is good, it's not a punishment, that work is about uh, being part of a community, being part of a family, uh, and and it's not necessarily means to an end. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, uh, people you know give kids allowances and things like that. But but there's something in that in those formative years. I think that with kids who just do chores as 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 a requisite part of being in a family, uh, that then grows into uh, an appreciation of of work in and of itself being uh, being good and and an opportunity for us to use the gifts that God has given us. Well, and, and, you know, you mentioned that work is not a punishment, and I I think there might even be confusion if you were to look back at the fall 
in the Garden of Eden, when God casts out Adam and Eve, there's this moment where God says, cursed is the ground because of you in toil, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. And we hear that word cursed right alongside toil. And, you know, when God sends them out from the garden, it might be easy to accidentally come to this conclusion that if there wasn't original sin, if there wasn't the fall of Adam and Eve, then there wouldn't be this curse and we wouldn't have to worry about work. But if we look at what's actually said, it's not God saying that you didn't have any work to do before, because they did. They were tending the garden. Um, it's more along the lines of now you're just going to have to do work harder than originally planned before sin entered the world. Uh, because even the angels in heaven, you know, sinless creatures, they have jobs, they have roles with tasks to do. So again, you know, there's this, there might be that misconception that it's, it's a punishment, it's a result of the fall, but that's not necessarily the case. No, I think that's a. I think that's a common. Uh, it's a, it's a common misconception of of the uh, our our understanding of 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 creation and grace and uh, and 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 original sin. Um, maybe maybe a, a a little image like this might might be helpful, Josh. In that, um, being able to create something is not a punishment. It's 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 work. I mean, uh, and but to be able to create something is is good. And you know, God God created. God gave us the gift to be able to participate in, in His creation and uh, to see our to see our work as a participation in that creation, a preservation of of that creation, uh, and a contribution of something good and, and beautiful to the to the work around to the world around us uh, can hopefully help us uh, leapfrog over uh, that that tendency to uh, to to perhaps see work as as some sort of a, a a punishment for sin, or a, uh, just a, a, a daily grind with with uh, you know nothing beyond it, other than a daily wage. Um, I, I think it's important. To, it's important to get past that. And I can, um, you know, I I remember um, just growing up in growing up in my own family. Um, uh, work was never used as a punishment. If if we were getting punished, it was it was you're you're being punished. Go clean the garage. I mean, it just was that that wasn't uh, that wasn't part of 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 our life. And I think that that was a that was that was a good lesson to to me um, that you know I'm not being put to work because I'm being punished. I'm being put to work because I'm part of a family and a and a community and have something to contribute. Talking with Father Tom Wilson today here on The Inner Life, taking your calls at 888-914-9149. How do we incorporate our faith? How do we live out that pray-without-ceasing attitude, that mentality in our lives, in the workplace? You can call in and share how you do that in your life, or maybe you have a question about how to accomplish that in maybe a work setting that is uh, a little more difficult for you to bring your faith into that work area, that workplace. 888-914-9149. Father Jose is joining us. He's calling in from Los Angeles. Hi, Jose. Welcome to The Inner Life. Hi, thank you. Yes, uh, you know, I work as a deputy sheriff uh, here in Los Angeles County. And, uh, you know, during COVID times, it was, uh, you know, it was hard. We were going through hard times with all the 
you know, the, the protests, the civil unrest that was going on. And it was a very difficult time uh, being a law enforcement officer. And by the grace of God, uh, you know, the pastor at, at my church, he just helped me realize how being a law enforcement officer was a form of ministry. And uh, that completely changed the game for me. And it was definitely something that I needed to realize within my job. And uh, it's just uh, it, it brought this sense of uh, just energy to the workplace to the, you know, just to the, on a daily day, on a day to day basis when I, when going to work and being able to find situations where maybe I can bring God into this situation, especially when you know we're confronted with a lot of times as a patrol officer you're going out and you're dealing with people's problems and you know there may just be a lot of evil in that scenario and uh, to just have the opportunity to be able to bring God into that scenario and to realize that has just been ultimately uh, life changing and uh, so that's just one of the ways I've been able to uh, bring God into the workplace. Yeah, thank you very much, Jose. And just on behalf of all of us who benefit from from your service, thank you very much for uh, responding to that call of 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 duty as a as a deputy sheriff and a, a law enforcement officer. Um, you know what I what I, I'm glad that you were able to you were able to discover um, the the place of God in your work and the and the importance of it and how to how to bring the Lord into it. Um, I, I think that one of the things that you mentioned that's <clears throat> that's good for us to all hear is that somebody brought that to you. Somebody had to, somebody had to remind you um, that uh, what you're doing is uh, is is very important for for the well-being of our of of our community and you know like like you mentioned Jose you're I mean you you're walking into you you're walking into challenging situations and hard circumstances that that people are experiencing and sometimes out of control and 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 all of that and um you need the lord with you in order to uh in in order to be in these situations and um and try to bring some uh peace and in order uh in in what can be what can be chaotic situations and i'll um i'll i'll, I'll be very honest with you i would put i would put law enforcement officers and other other first responders at the at the at the top of the list of of people who really need uh the, the presence of the Lord and and, and chaplains and uh, and and others to continue to remind them that they are doing the work of the Lord. You are doing the work of the Lord in uh, maintaining peace and uh, helping to uh, restore order and allow others to uh, to live in a sense of safety and and security despite the evil things that you are facing every day of your every day of your life and uh, in order to do that you have to maintain your own spiritual life you've got to be praying and you've got to uh, take the graces that the Lord gives you in your own prayer uh, and and bring it into your uh, your your work environment and and oftentimes very very challenging uh, situations so thank you very much that's a that's a great that is a magnificent example of 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 work and prayer and um uh doing everything that we can to bring uh to bring god into into the workplace 
Today we're talking with Father Tom Wilson. He's our spiritual director here on The Inner Life, looking at the life of St. Benedict and what we can learn from him as far as bringing prayer, bringing our faith into what we do day in and day out in whatever work that we do. Uh, That might be in a traditional office setting. It might be in some other way that you do your daily work. Um, How have you been able to allow your faith to bring Christ to others, to have that impact. Um, Maybe it's a work setting that you're involved in where you're not exactly sure how you can bring your faith into the workplace. Um, It might be a setting that is a bit hostile to the faith, and you have some questions you'd like to ask Father Tom Wilson, 888-914-9149, And we'll be back with more of your phone calls and more with Father Tom Wilson in just a moment here. You're listening to Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We receive hundreds of your phone calls every day, all thanks to the Catholic Order of Foresters studio line. Our sponsor offers flexible life insurance and annuities. Visit relevantradio.com slash Forrester today, an Illinois life insurance society not available in all states. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app, talking today about how we can bring our faith into the workplace, and uh, that might be in more subtle ways, you know, things that uh, we're not necessarily being overt about what we believe, not necessarily evangelizing directly. Um, That might not be the place for it in the workplace, but how do we still show the love of Christ to those around us? How do we make our lives a continual prayer that we can pray without ceasing in the way that we offer our work, what we do every day to God. And we'd love to hear how you've been able to do that in your own life. 888-914-9149 is the phone number here to call into the studio. 888-914-9149 as we're talking with Father Tom Wilson, a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis. Uh, Father, just really quickly before we go back to the phones here, if we do have a job that's enjoyable, it's so much easier to be thankful, to offer our work to God. Not quite as easy when we don't like our work, or, or maybe if we have a difficult supervisor. You know, our manager is uh, just somebody who's not pleasant. Any advice on how we can approach doing our work for God when work is a drudgery, or we just out and out maybe hate our job? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough situation, and um, not unusual either. I I, um, the you know the last I heard uh, the the numbers of the numbers of people in the in the United States who really uh, really simply don't like their jobs is is alarmingly high and that's that's uh, uh, that's very unfortunate. But I think that some of the things that we can that, that we can do obviously we we want to practice patience and. Um, and, and and realize that you know whether it's a whether it's a difficult supervisor or uh, or peers that are, that are hard we're um, we are called to we are called to uh, to to be patient with uh, with the weaknesses of those around us and I I think that you know remembering that. Um, uh, you know, kind of, it's it's a newer adage of everybody's in a battle and everybody's got a story, and 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 yes, you know, maybe uh, maybe these 
these folks are are um are are making our life more difficult than they need to be uh but something's also going on inside of them and 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 for us to uh to remember that might help us to be uh a little bit more patient with them uh than than we normally might and within that growth in patience we're growing in virtue and we're uh we're going to grow uh nearer to uh nearer to Jesus in uh in in doing so um i think those are those are some those are some things to um to especially in difficult work environments i think that uh also there's the i think just being a good employee um can bring Christ into the in, into the work environment. Sure, um, sure. Uh, yeah. uh, Father, let's go back to the phones here. Um, we've got a number of people calling in right now, and Kelly is calling in from Wisconsin. Hi, Kelly. You're on the air with Father Wilson. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I have one comment and one question. In the past, I was a hairdresser, and it's not a very glamorous job, but I could go on Thursdays once a week and help people who were shut in, people who were in wheelchairs, and I, I really felt fulfilled. And, and then all of a sudden, with it just God took me out of that state into another one. And I myself have become a shut-in. And so I had an opportunity, and I started doing hair at a local homeless place. And I brought food, and, and it was through our church. And it was going really, really well and wonderful. I loved it, and they called me once a month. And all of a sudden, they stopped calling me. And I think it's because I spoke about Jesus. And it's a Christian-based place. And now I don't know where to go from here. Or I thought maybe that's what God wanted me to do. And I, I want to reach out to them, but then I don't, I don't know what I should do. I, I, need, I need to help people. That's who I am. I don't know how to do it, and I'm wondering if I should just find another way. Yeah, well, that's a that's a very good question, Kelly, and thanks for thanks for calling. Um, I think uh, you know the the call to service is a I mean it's it's a it's a call from the Lord, and you and and you want to uh, you want to honor that, and I think that you know both as a you know, on a uh, uh, on a human level as well as a divine level in our uh, in our service and our in our growth and and all that. If there's um, you, you you might you might do well to communicate with the people if they you know if if you were there and it's going well and then um, and then and then not to uh, to to find out as as best you can maybe what the reasons were. Uh, for that change, and I know obviously we've we've been through we've been through the pandemic, and 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 people get cut off from uh, you know sort of normal contact and all those sorts of things that that just turned everything upside down. Uh, but to continue to follow that call um, of taking your skills uh, to to people who need them is a uh, is, is is a great thing. Uh, but if you're you know if you're looking to uh, to create a foundation and to help you with whatever the next move is to uh to to maybe um uh, get some feedback from from the previous place might be uh might be helpful as well but thanks thanks for thanks for sharing that 
um, uh, people who people who cut hair and and do hairdressing are are they're valuable. They're they're typically very good listeners and um, you know help people to 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 function in their daily life as well. So thank you very much. Uh, Father, you know, Kelly, as she was talking, she, uh, in, in the way that she was able to talk with people, it was a situation that was open to that. It wasn't something where it necessarily was a hostile environment. Mm-hmm. But we have lots of different people who work in organizations where they will be hostile to Christian beliefs. And if somebody even brings up anything about what they believe, they might be seen as intolerant, uneducated, they might get labeled as a bigot or some sort of phobic person. So if I'm in that situation where I just have to keep my head down, do my work out of, you know, worry for wanting to remain employed, how can I take a situation like that and make that an opportunity to sanctify my work? Yeah, that's uh, that's that's uh, probably a more common situation than most of us would would want to would want to admit. Uh, but I think, Josh, the um, uh, there's a there's an element of simply of simply going to work and doing the best you can at the job that is that is placed before you. Uh, and, and I think that um, again, evangelization and sharing the Lord is it is a relational reality, and and so to uh, to do that in uh, in environments that maybe are a little bit more safe in the workplace, um, people that you know, uh, you know, I'll be be very honest. I think that um, when there is when there is some sort of a some sort of a sadness or a tragedy or a hurt in a in a work peer's life, um, most of them are going to welcome God in some in some capacity. And um, you know, just and just to say, even people who even people who don't pray when they're going through something difficult are often uh, receptive to somebody saying, you know what, I know that your mother is sick i'm going to pray for you and for your mother uh you know which are which are things that probably are going to be a little bit uh a little bit safer than 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 things that might appear in the workplace to be um overt evangelization or proselytization and and, and things like that i think that um part of it part of it is just doing our best to read the situation and uh learn um you know where where it's going to fit and where it's not going to fit, you know. Yeah, Probably walking yeah. in and telling the boss who doesn't go to church that you heard a great homily yesterday at mass is isn't going to go over well. Um, telling your telling your boss that you're sorry that something bad happened in his family, um, and and you're gonna you're gonna keep him in prayer. Um, probably a little bit more acceptable. Yep, exactly. Uh, Father Tom Wilson, uh, we are just out of time here. I wish we could get more phone calls on the air, and so I apologize to those who called in and we didn't have the time to get you here on the show. But uh, as we do wrap up in our last minute here, Father, could I ask you to offer a blessing for all of our listeners? Absolutely. Almighty God and Father, creator of all, we are grateful for the gifts that you pour down upon us. We're the great, grateful for the gift to be able to participate with you in our work, in our daily life, in creation. And may Almighty God send his blessing upon all of our listeners and their families, the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Thank you again so much, Father Wilson, for being here with us. A uh, big thank you to Nick Sentovich and Thomas Engesser for their help in producing the program today. I want to encourage you to join us tomorrow. We're going to be talking about how we can accompany those in our lives uh, spiritually. When they're going through something, how can our accompaniment, walking alongside them, help them on their spiritual journey? And it's going to be a great conversation tomorrow with Father Sam Martin. Of course, stay tuned. We've got Mass coming up next, followed by The Faith Explained. Hope you have a blessed rest of your day.